This week on Moms Moving On. As a psychologist, I will tell you that most of what people say is a projection of their own experience. Yeah. So when I went to the playground when my kids were little and I got divorced, people said one of two things to me when they heard I was divorced. Either, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, or how did you do it? Yes. Whatever they were saying was completely not based on me or how my face looked the same both times. And in fact, when people said, I'm so sorry, I said, no, 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 don't say that. It's actually a good thing. Say congratulations. But it was their feelings. So the people who were worried about their relationships said, oh my gosh, how could you possibly do that? And then the other people who were inching out and wanting to, but didn't feel brave enough said the other. So really what people say to you is all about them. Absolutely. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I am loving the momentum we've had. We are popping out these episodes week after week after week, and your feedback has been incredible. I thought it was high time that we call in the doctor. They call her the divorce doctor because forever she's been helping women get through their divorces and come to the other side with light, with love, and with excitement about this new opportunity in their lives. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. You may know her on Instagram as the divorce doctor, and she's received her PhD in clinical psychology from Boston University. As part of her graduate training, she treated clients at the world-renowned Center for Anxiety and Related Disorders in Boston. She was also the recipient of the prestigious American Psychological Foundation Research Award for her doctoral research. Following her time at BU, she completed her pre-doctoral internship at Bellevue Hospital Center in my home of New York. And after completing her training, she was asked to become the director of the CBT program at Bellevue's outpatient psychiatry psychiatry clinic. CBT always interests me, cognitive behavioral therapy, but that's a whole nother topic. For all of the work she's done around the universe in helping women, she's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, NBC News, Women's Health, HuffPost, Thrive Global, and Good Housekeeping. Not only that, on top of a thriving, fully like tapped out practice, she has a book coming out in April of this year called Light at the Other Side of Divorce, Discovering the New You. And I can't wait to read it. And I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy you've made time for us with all of these amazing things that you do, Dr. Cohen. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm so happy to talk to your audience and to spend time with you. Thanks. Um, Well, you and I have now been connected for a while and clearly share the same beliefs about divorce, right? Like we're both divorced. We've both come to the other side. We've both found the beauty in that new opportunity. But for so many women who are just starting to go through it, it's really hard to see it from that perspective. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. You know, there's such a societal stigma, first of all, about divorce. I still have clients come into my office and say, I went on a date with someone, they were really great, but they're from a broken home. I mean, people are still using those kinds of words and verbiage to describe divorce. So the first thing I want people to know is that if you feel really devastated about it, a piece of that is certainly your experience and what you went through, but it's also the messaging you've been getting. And as a cognitive behavioral therapist, you mentioned this, Michelle, I help people look at thoughts and assumptions about divorce to and shift it just to give a little bit more space 
or lightness. Mm -hmm. So asking yourself, okay, wait a minute. Some of this messaging about my life being terrible in the next stage is not actually from me. It's not actually what I know. It's what I have heard, what I have seen on TV or what other people are afraid of for me. Yes. Yeah. I, I refer to them as, you know, the peanut gallery and the peanut gallery always has so much to say and so much to contribute about things that they don't have to really deal with. It's not their lives. And then they, you know, and, and it happens with even the best of friends and the closest of family members, their idea of divorce gets, you know, sort of, sort of shoveled in your face and you're like, well, I didn't feel this way, but now maybe I should. And it can exactly. be very overwhelming. Exactly. I have a part of my, in my book and in my program where I talk about how really to find the best support, because very often we just talk to our people we've always been talking to about things. And I really, I have a kind of a taxonomy of what are the people, what category do they go into and what do I go to them for? So I would really encourage your audience members to think about what you want when you're about to ask that question and ask yourself, is this person going to give me that? Because look, we all know, right? We all know what our friends typically say. And I don't know exactly the psychological reason, but often we go to the people who aren't going to support us to get the support. I think we think if we win them over, then we must really be right. Right. And that screws us over because then we end up just having more doubt. And we, in some ways, stepped into that. A big part of my work, and I know your work too, is, you know, what am I doing? We can't control the other person. We can't control how people see divorce. We can control our behavior. So what am I doing? Who am I going to that's helping me or hurting me? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you bring that up because I know for me, I, you know, you learn the hard way. And yeah. there was this one friend who was right there and ready to go through it with me and texting me all day and checking in and send me all your ex's screenshots. I want to see what this asshole is saying. And I realized she was like this emotional contagion and she kind of like leached onto my misery to sort of distract from the her, her own personal stuff that was going on. I took it as, wow, what a great friend. But it yeah. was always like this negative undertone of like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to let this bother me today. And she'd be like, no, get after it. Text him back. You know, it was all of the worst information. And I realized, hindsight, 2020, misery kind of loves company. So you definitely do know where to put certain friends, right? Like, the ones you can vent to openly and the ones who you keep at arm's length. Exactly. And I think you just brought up a really good point, which is that, I mean, as a psychologist, I will tell you that most of what people say is a projection of their own experience. Yeah. So when I went to the playground when my kids were little and I got divorced, people said one of two things to me when they heard I was divorced, either, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Or how did you do it? Yes. And whatever they were saying was completely not based on me or how my face looked the same both times. And in fact, when people said, I'm so sorry, I said, no, 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 don't say that. It's actually a good thing. Say congratulations. But it was their feeling. So the people who were worried about their relationships said, oh my gosh, how are you, how could you possibly do that? And then the other people who were inching out and wanting to, but didn't feel brave enough said the other. Yeah. So really what people say to you is all about them. Absolutely. So, I mean, listen, going into a divorce, you need to be armed with the right tools. And I know you talk about the divorce toolkit. You have this amazing program called Afterglow, which I want to jump into in a little bit. But, you know, I always say if there were three things I can give you to each client, depending on their situation, it would be X, Y, and Z. But I want to hear what those tools look like for you and for the women you work with. 
Okay, great. So the first one I would, I mean, I have so many tools, right? But I'll, I'll try, I'm trying to give you the top three. If, if someone came into my office and I only had 45 minutes with them, what would I want to teach them? So I think the first one would be that you've already done miraculous work. The women in my program, I call them, they're called super women because getting divorced, whether you're choosing it or it's been asked of you, stepping up and saying yes is the bravest thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that you're going into this next chapter, which is going to be challenging, we know that to be true, as the bravest superwoman is essential. You are not a failure. You are actually braver than many people who don't look at relationships. I don't have the statistics because we don't collect data on this of how many people are unhappy and just choose not to get divorced. You're the one who chose either this isn't working for me or I, if the person came to you and asked for the divorce, like I'm not going to stay with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Like psychologically, that is a muscle that is unbelievably important for thriving and growing and healing. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want people to know, the first tool and write this down on a sticky, which is that I am brave and exactly what I'm doing is I'm exactly in the right spot. So really the first toolkit is get on your own side. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I just had this conversation with a client last night who's now just starting the legal process and we worked three months to, to help her work up the courage to even have the conversation that she wanted to leave. And she's like, I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how I can get through this legal process. I'm like, you already did the hardest thing, right? Like you've already put yourself in this position, whether it was by choice or by chance, you're here now. Getting past that hurdle is the hardest thing. So yes, we are all brave. I love that. Yeah. So that's the first thing really to tune in to your bravery. And even before your client decided to, to share with her partner that she wanted to leave, she allowed the thought that nagging thought that she was having to flower. She listened to herself. She believed in herself. That piece, that's the bravery too. It's, yes. it's a very important you know, healthy psychological skill. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that you're bringing that up. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes. Definitely not, especially when there's so many challenges coming. So our brains are, are Teflon to good and Velcro to bad. We are only, we are developed to remember negative experiences. We have to remember where the tigers are, not where the beautiful flowers are for our survival. And so when we have difficult experiences coming to us one at a time, we don't spend the time to celebrate the flowers, to celebrate the things we do well. I love that. That's a really interesting way of putting it. And I never thought about it that way. We are biologically designed to fixate on the bullshit, basically. Correct. Because our body and our mind thinks that will help us prepare for not having that again. And actually you were saying with that experience with your friend, now that we have, we live in modern society and we have frontal lobes that are very developed. We don't need that anymore. That actually leads to what we call in psychology rumination. It just leads to a constant spiral of negativity, but it's really important for everyone to know. And I would recommend for everyone who's listening every evening, write down three positive things that happened to you. And that can be 
someone opened the door for me. When we were going on subways, I live in New York City. Mine would always be like, the subway came on time. <laughs> These really small positive things. Or, you know, I woke up, if you're, if you're really struggling and you're struggling to get out of bed, like I got out of bed and took a shower. So we really, research shows you have to do, I think it's five to one, like five positives to one negative, given how our brain is. So please focus on how brave you are. And really, again, as a behavior therapist, like really write down and be um, deliberate in taking that in. I love that. I'm, I'm the journaling queen over here and I'm always yelling yeah. for everyone to get up, get off the computer, get off your phone, get a piece of paper and a pencil, do it the old fashioned way and just write it out because it makes such a difference. Well, that's Absolutely. a great tool, but what other tools are in your toolkit? Okay. So my next tool would be about processing righteous anger. So one of the pieces of work that I think is essential in divorcing is allowing for what I like to call righteous anger. I didn't come up with that phrase, but it is a a phrase that I like to use. Very often people think they have to either be sweet or angry. You know, this is another kind of um, all or nothing way of thinking. And the truth is that your behavior is significantly different than how you feel. And you all have a reason to feel angry. I mean, we all have reasons to feel angry. And there's the reason I use the word righteous anger is because there are things that make us angry that should make us angry. There are many things, you know, that my ex did in my divorce that righteously I was angry at. Now, was I going to take the anger out at him? That wasn't going to be helpful. But let me tell you, I have had so many fantasies. I had so many fantasies when I was in um, court to just scream at him like some of the people were. I just I just felt like maybe that would release it. You know what you needed? That, um, what's her name? Charlotte moment from Sex and the City. I cursed yeah. that you were born. That's what you needed. Exactly, exactly. And that's because we have this need to, to have the anger and it's righteous. And so in my program, in the book, I talk about, I think this is so essential, have some space, like you were saying, whether it's a journal or I really believe that anger needs and through um, somatic work that I am trained in needs to be moved through your body. So for me, what I do, I listen to Rage Against the Machine and I put it on and I let my body move with the music. And often it's, it's like punching movements that I guess my body wants to do or stomping movements that it wants to do. And I'm not even necessarily thinking about a certain situation. It's just that I'm holding that energy in my body and it needs to be released. When I first went through my divorce, I was in kick, I was in a kickboxing class. I always tell this funny story that my, my husband, my current husband, I called him and said, what do you think about kickboxing? I think I might need to release some anger. And before I could finish the word anger, he was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I was like, me, I'm so sweet. No one thinks I'm angry you know. But of course the closest people knew. And so I, to move, I would say, find a way to move the anger through your body by yourself or with a therapist, they're amazing body therapists so that you don't lose your shit at the court, you know, so you don't lose your shit when you're picking your kids up from your ex. Like again, the anger is right. Let's just find a way to move it through your body. I love that. And, And it doesn't even have to be anything, you know, you have to work with somebody else for. If nothing else, get out and take a walk, put on your favorite music. Like the it's kind of walk where you're like pounding the pavement really hard. And you just like, you all of a sudden you've made it three miles and you can't believe like how far you've walked. That the, for me, that is the most therapeutic, you know, a lot of times I have to put a walk between me and 
an angry text from my ex or me in a situation that I'm really struggling with. And it makes all the difference. It's such a simple fix. Yeah. And I would be curious, Michelle, if you're um, interested to let me know if you change the type of music, if you listened, if you're listening to music, right? If you listen to more angry music versus, yeah. I have playlists and, and the my moving on community members know we have playlists for every move. Like, am I sad? Do I need to cry? Am I on my like strong woman shit? Do I need to feel empowered? Or do I want to punch a hole in the wall? Like there's music for every move. Yeah. Oh, I got to get those lists from you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would really just say like, don't neglect that. That is an incredibly important part. I think that's really important. I think, you know, we're conditioned to be like, anger is a bad emotion. Don't feel it, you know, and, and especially women. guilty for your anger. Yes. Yeah. And especially women. I mean, we, we have no, you know, think of the negative words that have been used when a women are angry. I mean, it is just, it's abhorrent the words that we use. And so that's why, you know, and again, you probably have a lot of reason to be angry. So not being angry is not an option. It's just how to allow it and how to move it through. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Give me another tool. This is great. Oh my gosh. I have. So I'm, I'm the other tool that I, I do want to talk about, which is, I guess it's related to, to allowing feelings. I mean, I'm a psychologist for God's sake. Like that's my big thing, which is like, you know, many people, especially in a divorce have held back their feelings for so long to the detriment of themselves and their families like 100%. So by the way, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who have children both of the tools I've already talked about, you can do with your children. So they also will have anger at times and we want to allow them to express it. Like we don't want to be afraid of feelings. Feelings don't hurt anybody. Yeah. I'm happy you brought that up because something I do with Bella every night in bed, it's our routine is three amazing things from today. And then give me one that, you know, wasn't so amazing. And then we talk about why it felt the way it felt, but you know, she's, like most five-year-olds will get in the car after school and be like, it's the worst day. I dropped my pencil. I'm like, okay, but what are the good things that happen? You know? So I'm trying to help her shift to this place of like, there's good in between the bad also. And obviously it can work for adults. Yeah. I think it's really important for people to know that also as parents, if you hang out with them in the bad for a little bit, like a tiny bit longer that you're, then you're not comfortable for that's, comfortable with that's teaching them something because everyone in the world is doing the, like, let's focus on the good. Right. It's really a special characteristic that you're saying, Hey, tell me about the hard thing that happened. Yeah. Like that is not what people are exposed to. That's why so many of us feel so uncomfortable with anger. You know what? You're right. And I think back to my childhood and gotta love my mom, but I feel like there was a little bit of like an emotional, like concealer put on the emotions, right? Like, Oh, don't feel that way. Let's just be happy. Right. And I, those feelings had to go somewhere and lo and behold, I have anxiety, right? So exactly. I'm just exactly. trying to do my part here as a mom. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. I mean, you're introducing this whole other piece of feelings that she has never had. And so I'm just saying like, again, this is, and this is the treatment also for anxiety is just like stretching it out a little bit longer, like until you're just uncomfortable with, with their, with her expression of discomfort. So that right. would recommend that to all parents who right. are listening. And I, and so I think, I think also as far as like concealing feelings, I'm glad you're, the reason I'm focusing so much on feelings is also because I don't think I said this, many people in the marriages you were in were doing that. 
So you're not just, right, like you've had it maybe growing up and you've been doing it for a long time, which means your nervous system has been habituating or getting used to or making a habit of concealing emotions. So that's why my tool of allowing your anger is really important. I love it. I I mean, this is eye-opening and something I really haven't heard or explored on any podcast. So I'm really grateful for it. I'm I'm so glad. And the other, the third tip I want to give, and then hopefully I can give like a little bonus tip, but the third tip I want to give is about loss and grief. So it's similar to anger, which is that I think a lot of people, when they think about moving on from a divorce, focus on the movement forward. And I think people can't move forward until they process the pain. Mm-hmm. And this is similar to number two, feelings research shows if you fully allow yourself to feel a feeling as you were talking about, um, for example, Michelle, in like journaling, if you write it down, if you journal, if you allow yourself to feel a feeling, it lasts, they looked at this in an MRI, the, the nervous excitation in your brain lasts for 90 seconds. So if you're hearing me say process the loss and grief and you're like, are you kidding me? I need to go to work and do all this shit. I promise you, if you really let yourself feel it, it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. What's what's happening is if you're not feeling it, it's coming out sideways. Yes. Yes. I, I say this all the time. The feeling has to go somewhere. And, yes. and if you're constantly like whack-a-mole, like trying to bog it back down somewhere, it's bound to come up in the ugliest of ways. I mean, I've experienced that, you know, I was the queen of repressing my feelings and right had to learn the hard way that it all comes out in a really ugly way eventually. So dealing with it head on saying, okay, you know, my, my psychiatrist was like, here's what we're going to do when you have that nagging fear of death. Cause I do, mm-hmm. I hear you. I know you're there. It would be really shitty to die right now. Wouldn't it? Okay. But I'm not. So let's sit here. Okay. I'm still here. I'm good. All right. We're going to move on to the next thing, right? Instead of like, I don't want to think that I'm going to push it away. Exactly. Exactly. And so I really encourage people again, both in my book and my program to write down what you dreamt of in your marriage. So even if you hate your ex right now, there was one moment when you got married where you had hope that it would be something else. And I want you to write it down and feel the feelings that come with that. And then I have this process where we kind of write it on a special piece of paper where you can actually light it and let it go. But this piece came to me actually from my own personal experience. I've been divorced for 10 years. My ex-husband is remarried. Um, my child, I'm remarried. And my ex-husband has a, now he's a five-year-old about Bella's age. And last summer, or no, not 20, a few summers ago, um, he brought his son to our house and we were all swimming in the pool. So it was my, our kid, my two kids, him, me and his son and my, my husband was probably cooking us dinner or something. And I, I had this wave of feeling coming over me. Like I, I feel it now. I feel tears in behind my eyes that like in that moment, that was what I had wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I am, you know, I don't want to be with him at all. I think it was probably a mistake. We were together, but in that moment I thought, Oh shit, this is the life I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I had to honor that. Like, it was just like, you have to honor that thought that's coming in your mind about fear of death. Like I had to honor that. I wanted to be like, no, he's the worst, blah, blah, blah. Like go through all the rational things. But I realized, no, 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 this is grief. Yep. This is grief. And if I push it away, as he said, it's going to go outside. So I want to encourage people, you know, process their anger, but also look at the grief, no matter how shitty the person is. 
it's I, I love that you just not only shared that, but you also honored and normalized missing what you thought you could have had, because that's another thing people try not to do. You know, I've had those moments too, where I, you know, I, I'd rather eat sand than get back together with my ex. But there are still moments where I'm like, see, this is what it should have been. And this is how I envisioned raising our child together. So I get that. And I love that you normalize that for everybody who needed that. Yeah. I'm so glad. And I just want to add another extra little tip because I feel like it's been all about feelings. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. The antidote to misery and difficulty is pleasure. And that means eating a delicious meal. That means putting lotion on your feet. That means breathing deeply and feeling air going into your body. Like you are a vessel for pleasure and you need to give yourself that. So that is my PS. I'm writing so much down right now. <laughs> all these amazing posts. You are a vessel for pleasure. Hell yeah. Yes, it feels good. I, I, you know, I joke all the time yes. about those nights in bed when I was first separated in my new little townhouse that I decorated just the way I wanted to decorate it. Yes. You know, music blasting in my bed with a snack, just like braless and sweatpants, living my best life. Like for me, that was pure, unadulterated pleasure. And I'll never forget how great that felt, even though I'm in the space in my life I'm in now, which is fantastic and all of those things, allowing myself to have those moments of pleasure to quiet out the noise yes. of everything else was like so transformative. Yes. And I, and I, if you are go- in the midst of it and you're going through and you have meetings with mediators and financial planners, like I would recommend before and after we bookend any of those difficult meetings, what are you doing for pleasure? Are you taking a bubble bath? And do not forget that your experience during those meetings will be impacted by how you treat yourself before and after. A hundred percent. I love it. You're so good. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, eBooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. 
Yep, you heard that right, $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. Can you tell me a little bit about the Afterglow program? Sure. So my program Afterglow, The Light at the Other Side of Divorce, is a 14-video series program. I I like to think about it as a complete package and how to learn about yourself through your divorce, heal through the divorce, and then move on to the next chapter. So I cover, like I did today, how to kind of process the feelings of divorce and how to move through the pain and also how to create the life you want. So it folk, I always like to say it's like when you break your arm, first you need to address it and see what's broken. Then you might need to do some internal work and fix it. And then you have physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And that's what my program is. It's this comprehensive healing program for going through a divorce. And you can be in any point. You can be thinking about it. You can have gone through it. Now, if it's still eh in you, if there's a eh feeling, the program's right for you. I love it. And it's essentially, you know, being coached by you, a little bit of handholding, which we all need during this time, because it, it's really the great unknown or the not so great unknown for anybody embarking on a divorce. So I love that you're giving women the, the tools and the opportunity to have your help. And as you walk them through it virtually. Exactly. And they, so it's a video and then there's all these worksheets. So you have all these action, like you can tell how I'm talking. Like I, I have behavioral suggestions for what people should do. So it's actually an action plan in addition to a healing program. Good. And so your book is coming out in April. Yeah. My book based on the program is coming out in April. It's called the light at the other side of divorce, discovering the new you. And that also has worksheets in it. And it has an extra special place for also people who've been through a divorce about some of the things that happen after the papers are signed. So there's an extra section on that as well. I can't wait to read it. I'm really excited about it. Can't wait to share it. Can't wait for the rest of you to get to know more about Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. Where can our listeners find you? So I want to share with you some free resources for your Leader, readers that you can um, share with them, but you can find me at doctor, which is drelizabethcohen.com. And on Instagram at at the divorce doctor. Very important because she shares really great stuff. And you can do a quick Google search and watch some of her videos and, and all of the work she's done and the media yeah. and the press. She's fantastic. Thank you. I'm honored you were here and you have a podcast coming. Oh yeah, up. I was just gonna say that um, Michelle is on I'm honored to have Michelle on my podcast. I have a podcast that's launching in February called The Divorce Doctor. Um, and it's actually it's stories that women share and men share about their divorce. When I was going through a divorce, I just wanted I didn't have a lot of people's stories. And so this is just a collection of people from, you know, famous people to run of the mill people like you and, you know, like people you would meet down the street and their divorce stories and their healing. It's really focused on how their divorce taught them something and how it helped them move through. And people need that. People need to know that they're not alone. There's, there's so much power in that. So I'm glad you're bringing all of this to everybody. This is a big year for you. Yes. Everybody else, make this a big year for yourself too. Go check out Afterglow. Uh, make sure to put a little note for April to get on Amazon and get Dr. Elizabeth's new book. If you have any questions, you know where to find the both of us now. So I hope you have a great day. Stay strong and keep moving on. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky. 
especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way, simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.